0: For the last three weeks, we've been talking about life 's three big questions. We started three weeks ago looking at the question, "Who am I?" Uh, who, who am I as a human being?" and we're God's special created uh, creation. He's invested uh, his, his image within us. Last week, we examined the question, "Why am I here? What, what is God's purpose for, for my life?" and that 's to know him and enjoy him and to give glory to him in everything that we do and for all eternity. Today we're going to look at the question, where am I going? You know, as I was thinking about this question, I know that I've got a challenging topic today because a lot of people think, where am I going? That's a long way off, thinking about eternity and what happens after death. And and, and it's challenging because we, we barely can keep up with today. And, and anything a long way off, we really put off and... And most of us even want to put off that which is a long way off because we enjoy this life that God has given us and we enjoy the families that he's given us. And, and our lives are so busy. We don't have time to give much thought about eternity. i got to get my kids to practice and make a meeting uh, with my friends at lunch or, or I, there's this trip I'm planning for or my work schedule's crazy or I have final exams and, and, and I get it. I, I know if I were preaching about five ways to find peace in chaos everybody's ears would perk up and take notes because, man, I need that. But don't be dismissive of the topic of where are you going because I'm a firm believer that the way we think about where we're going affects the way that we live here and now. Uh, How many of you are good with directions? Be honest. How many of you are really good with directions? Okay, there's a handful of you here. How many of you can read a map well? Okay, uh, I ha- uh, so-so, a handful more. You know, I-, I was thinking about this. In 30 years, I wonder how many people will be able to read a map. Because you don't even need a map. You know, you get your phone out, and you, you, you speak in an address, and all of a sudden it pops up, and, and it takes you to where you're going. Well, think about for a second that navigation device in your phone. When you put a destination in, have you noticed that as soon as you know where you're going, every turn, even your next turn, is affected? You see, that's the way it is. That's the way it is is with our eternity. How we live our lives here is affected, knowingly or unknowingly, by what we think about eternity. You see, if if you were to punch in death and emptiness and that's all there is, then your life will be driven by that reality. Man, I need to get all I can now. I need to experience as much as I can now. I need to look out for myself because I only get to go around on this merry-go-round once. And so I want to make sure that I do everything I can now. That Those decisions are being affected because you don't believe there's anything later. If you believe you're headed for life after death, that'll change your approach to how you live. Uh, and, 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 and let's be honest, aren't those the only two approaches? You can either believe that you're heading to nothing or you're, you're heading to life after death. Now there's lots of variations to that life after death, but those are really the only two options. You're either going to cease to be or you're going to be after you be, right? <laughs> you're going to live after you die. Now, as the world becomes secular, you would think that belief in life after death would be diminishing. And and let's just face it, statistics tell us the world is becoming more secular. Uh, Church attendance is in decline. Uh, Church participation, religious participation is in decline. And you would assume that belief in life after death would be shrinking as well. But a study conducted by CBS tells us in, in 2014 that it's actually the opposite. There are more people in 2014, there were more people who believed in life after death than there were in 1980. 81% of people believe in some type of life after death. Now, there's several reasons that people continue to believe in life after death. Uh, One reason is nature. Uh, we, We learn a lot from the pattern of nature. Things go in a cycle and then they die. We have this thing that we can feel in the air called winter where everything gets dark and the leaves are gone. And then we have this thing called spring where life comes back. Plato said, I'm not sure what's after death, but nature seems to give us a picture of what it will be like. Some kind of new life after death. So nature gives us a picture. Anthropology would suggest that there's, there's life after death. Every culture on the face of the earth believes in some type of afterlife. From the primitive cultures in the Amazon to modern urban cultures, there's something about human beings that believe after we die that there is something. There's different versions of that something, but it's something. Psychology would lead us to believe that there's life after death. We have this innate, inner longing. There's just got to be something more that 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 hunger it, it never quite gets satisfied. you know people people know there has to be more, so the rich person says if I had just a little bit more money or or the person says if even though they're in a happy marriage, if I we could just have kids, or a person who's single says, if I could just find that right person, if I could just do this, if I could just get this job, I'd be happy. But, but no matter what we accomplish, no matter how good it gets, there's always this, we're not quite yet there. And so we think there's got to be something more somewhere to, to lead us to that conclusion, uh, to that, that uh, fulfillment. The writer of Ecclesiastes said that longing inside the human heart is not an accident. It's given by God. He has placed eternity in the heart of men. Another reason that people still believe in life after death is ethics. People believe that evil should be punished. Goodness should be rewarded. And since life's not fair and evil exists, people who do good experience what seems to be a lot of injustice in this world, and there needs to be an afterlife to deal with some of these injustices. I mean, Hitler needs to get his, right? I mean, that's what we think. It's just not fair that someone can get away with what some people seem to get away with. And then we have near-death experiences. Did you know that 8 million Americans have claimed... To have had a near-death experience? And and I'm sure these things possibly can be real. Um, The Apostle Paul had one. Uh, He wasn't allowed to tell about his, but he had something that seemed to be like that, where he experienced uh, uh, heaven. Um, They vary in experience, and not all seem to be valid, but the point is they seem to point to something beyond this life. All of these people seem to experience something beyond this life. Well, all of these things are reasons that people maybe still cling to to a view of the afterlife, even though they're leaving church. But as Christians, we didn't need these things. As Christians, we believe in an afterlife because of Jesus and his resurrection. Uh, For Christians, the best evidence of life after death is that Jesus got up. On the third day, he rose from the grave. He's the only person in any religious movement who's claimed to have died and come back, and and, and he told people very specifically what heaven is like. So we're going to spend some time with the rest of our time examining what Jesus said about heaven in the afterlife. Uh, By the way, not only did Jesus go to heaven when he died and come back, go to the afterlife when he died and come back, He was there before he came, (laughs) right? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven. Jesus came down from heaven, so he's an expert. So let's listen to what Jesus has to say uh, about about eternity. Now, the Gospels, they're filled with talk about heaven, hell, the kingdom of God, and the afterlife. But but I kind of tried to boil it down to four things that Jesus taught about heaven and the afterlife. The first one is very straightforward. Jesus said that everybody lives forever somewhere. In Jesus' teaching, we don't just live on this earth and then emptiness. He taught about the endurance of the soul. He taught of eternal life. He taught that the one who believes in him, though they may die, yet shall they live. He taught us that human beings are made to last. You know, that's that's what he taught uh, about humanity, and when you realize that you were made to last, you start thinking about yourself and your life in a different way. Some of you guys are planners, right? How, how, how many of you would consider yourself a planner? Okay, more people than can read a map. All right. <laughs> it's all right. So, 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 Some of you, you know, you have your day planned out weeks in advance. You know, some of you, you plan, you know, your day by a detailed to-do list down to the minute. Some of you, you plan to do your to-do list, you know. Some of you have one-month plans. Some of you have one-year plans. How many of you here have five-year plans? Anybody? There's one. All right, I got one. Okay, a couple. Some people. All right, a couple of you. How many of you have 10,000-year plans? I want you to know that God has a 10,000-year plan for your life. He, 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 He does, and then it's just started. But He has a plan for your life that goes all the way through eternity. He has a plan to give you eternal life. This verse that has changed so many hearts says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him would not perish but have eternal life. Life that goes on forever and ever. In John chapter 5, he says, I assure you, anyone who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life and will not come under judgment, but he's passed from death to life. I assure you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and, and, and those who hear will live. For just as the Father has life in himself, so he's also granted this to the Son to have life in himself. And he has granted him the right to pass judgment because he is the Son of Man. But he taught that life is not just for those who are believers. Listen to the very next verse. It's kind of a strange verse in John chapter 5, but listen to what he says. Don't be amazed at this because the time is coming when all who are in the graves will hear his voice. Now catch this next verse. And they'll come out. Those who've done good things will come to the resurrection of life. Those who've done wicked things to the resurrection of judgment. Now here he's talking about the resurrection of the physical bodies, and it's kind of a weird verse, but but just to explain it as simply as I can, we're a dichotomy. We are body and soul, and when someone dies, immediately their body and soul separate. Their soul is in the presence of the Lord, and their body returns to the dust. But here we're taught that there will be a resurrection of the body... But that's not what I'm trying to teach you this morning. He is teaching here that not only will believers live forever somewhere, everybody will live forever somewhere. You see, you're made to live forever, and everybody will spend somewhere, and Jesus taught about a place of reward for believers in heaven, and he taught a place of punishment, an eternal existence of punishment in hell. Now, talking about hell makes us squeamish. I'll be honest, it it does me sometimes. I don't like the thought of people being in a place of punishment forever. We can't fathom that concept completely, but the Bible says that there is a place of punishment. The one who rose from the dead said there is a place of punishment. The one who gave his life on the cross to die for you, who came down from heaven for the purpose of doing that uh, task, he tells us that there is a place of eternal punishment in the afterlife. And people who do not believe exist there forever. Now here's what I found. At this moment I've got some people checking out on me in the sermon. Because we, we can't fathom the reality of hell and so we dismiss the clear teaching of the gospels. Jesus came so nobody would go. Jesus came so that you could live forever and you didn't have to die. He came so that that you wouldn't have to be punished for your wickedness, but that you could be forgiven. He wants you to have eternal life. I've received some good news in the past couple of weeks. A few people I know, three different couples have shared with me that they're expecting a child in the last three weeks. And that's really exciting for me. And, and I, I love to hear about that uh, because when a baby's born, there's so much joy in a family and there's so much responsibility that, uh, on parents. You know, uh, people go through such an interesting transition, don't they? They go through high school where they're experiencing freedom and they go to college where they know everything and then they get married where they want to get as far away sometimes from mom and dad as they can and be independent and get out on their own and then they have a baby and they go, help! <laughs> because we don't know what to do. And then people start flocking back to church a lot of times because they want some help raising that child. Let me help you raise your child this morning. Your baby is going to spend forever somewhere. And you're going to have the best influence on their life. Teach them about the Lord Jesus who loves them so much that he didn't want them to go to hell. He didn't want any to perish, but he came to earth and he died on the cross so that they could have everlasting life. Teach them about the Lord. A second thing Jesus taught, not only is everybody going to live forever somewhere. Hang with me in this next point, but I didn't know a better way to say it than this. Heaven is more real than earth. Heaven is more real than what we experience now. Look, after Jesus died, the disciples thought it was over, and they hid in fear of the Jews, and Jesus raises from the dead, and they're still confused, and they don't all believe, so he appeared to them several times. And when he appeared to them they, they oftentimes couldn't believe. Thomas even said, "Unless I touch his hands, unless I touch his side, I can't believe." And um, even one time they thought he was a ghost. Uh, Luke 24, it says, "But while they were, but while they were still uh, were amazed and unbelieving, because of their joy, he asked them, they, they've seen the resurrected Lord. He, he said, "Do you have anything here to eat?" Strange question. So they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it, and he ate it in their presence. I, I just want to talk to you for a second about that last phrase, that he ate it in their presence. Why did Jesus do this? Was it because he was bored? Was it because he was hungry? I, I, I think longings like that in heaven are satisfied. Was it because he had nothing to talk about, and he, you know, they didn't have the cat's game to talk about, so he said, hey, how about some fish, you know? Was it that? No! He he did it to show them that he was real. In one place, he had them touch his hand, touch his side. Life after death is real. It's not just some magical, mystical figment of someone's imagination. It is a real place. It's hard for us to grasp because we can only see the now. And it's even... uh, We have a hard time, time imagining heaven, I think, because of how it's been portrayed, you know? I mean, think about the way heaven is portrayed in movies. You know, it's not this vibrant, clear picture, but you get this foggy, at times, weird place. You know, a guy goes into a closet and there's a fog machine and people in robes, and and there's usually only like two or three people there, which is weird to me. But, But heaven is a place where throngs and thousands of people will be. And Jesus portrayed heaven as this very real, not mystical place, but this real place. Much more so than earth. And you might say, Pastor, I don't buy it. Let me prove to you. Jesus said that heaven endures, earth does not. Matthew chapter 6. Don't collect for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Instead, collect for yourself treasure in heaven. Why? Why? Because it lasts. It's more real than what you have here. The things we love on earth disappear. Possessions wear out. Bodies are all in bondage to decay. Loved ones die. And in many cases, what we see here is but a fading image. It's here today and gone tomorrow. But what we experience in heaven will never change. It's a land where we'll never grow old. Amen. It's a land where there's no more goodbyes. It's a land where there's no more dying. Jesus revealed that in heaven, not only do things endure, but he also taught that things are just better. Heaven is a better quality than earth. There's several reasons why heaven is better. Number one, we get a better body. Our body is currently limited by height, weight, strength, health, hair. It seems like in heaven, those limitations are gone. I have a friend with severe limitations, severe limitations, can't speak, can't walk, knows everything that's going on, but I can tell there's frustration because this friend can't communicate with me what's going on in their heart. So often this friend will come up to me and I can tell they're wanting to tell me something And a lot of times I have no idea what to do. And so I'll tell this friend, friend, do you know there's coming a day where you'll be able to tell me what you want to tell me? Do you know there's coming a day when you'll be able to walk up here and tell me? Do you know there's coming a day when the things that are so frustrating to you will be gone? And you can see as tears will come down This person's eyes. You can see the joy on their face because they know that there is a better place ahead. Our current body is dying. And, you know, I mean, I look in the mirror and I say, Hello, dead body. Almost every morning. You know, I mean, it's just... But the Bible says this body will be transformed in the twinkling of an eye, in the, the, the time when the last trumpet sounds... The dead will be raised incorruptible. Their bodies will be raised. He had just said their spirits with the Lord, but their bodies will be changed completely. We get a better place to live. Not just that our body's going to be glorified, but I believe all of creation is going to be better. I, I'm not sure what heaven will be like. But I do believe heaven will include a lot of the things that we experience in creation, but only better. Um, Why do I believe that? Well, number one, it's the job of creation to testify to the deity of Jesus Christ right now. In Romans chapter 1, it talks about, For since the beginning of the world, all creation has testified to his divine nature and his godhood. So creation right now testifies to how good God is. But in Romans 8 he continues on and he says that creation itself will also be set free and it groans right now waiting for that liberation from the bondage that has been brought upon it by sin and the corruption that that we experience. I believe there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And I believe that new heaven is a place of absolute perfection. Uh. Heaven will be something like earth. How do I know? Well, the Bible speaks of rivers and trees, houses and mansions. I I believe if you enjoy the beach now, you enjoy something that has been corrupted by sin. It's really good when it's sunset and perfect. It's really good when the seas are calm and the weather's just right, but when hurricanes blow in, it's not so good. But I believe there's coming a day when that creation will be perfect. You know, we enjoy the mountains. The climb is arduous now, but you get to the top and you see the beauty, but then the fog and the clouds roll in, but then there will be a time of an unclouded day. I, I enjoy a walk through the forest. And there's some days that it's just perfect, but then there's other days there's mosquitoes and ticks and snakes. You know? But, but on that day, Oh, and by the way, I believe heaven is better because there's just better work to do. You know, to some, heaven sounds boring. But God, I I don't think we're just going to sit around doing nothing all the time. I think God will have us do creative, meaningful things. Now, I admit there's some jobs that are not going to be in heaven. There's not going to be any doctors in heaven. There will be doctors, but there won't be doctoring in heaven because there won't be sick people. There won't be any psychiatrists because our minds will be right in heaven. There won't be a need for lawyers, and you can debate. I had about 15 jokes I was going to tell here, but I'll, you insert the joke. We, we won't be fighting with one another. Won't, hey, by the way, there won't be any pastors because we're going to be shepherded by Jesus at that time, and there's not going to be any need to be taught the Word because we'll know the Word of God at that time. Oh, I hope He gives me some new work to do up there, but that, my work won't be needed there going to be a place of perfect worship. Have you ever had one of those times that worship just seemed perfect? I mean, just where it couldn't get any better. I mean, it was just it was just perfect, where you so, were so close to God, and He seemed so real in that moment, you heard so clearly, and, and you didn't care what anybody else thought. You were just you and God, and it was awesome. Have you ever had one of those times? I have, but I hate to admit they haven't been as frequent as I was. As I would like. Most of the time I'm thinking okay I need to do this. I need to say that. I'm going to go to dinner here. I've got this thing to do. Uh, this is coming. That's where my mind goes a lot of times just like yours. But, but in heaven that experience of perfect worship will endure forever and ever and ever. Where it's just your souls laid bare and you feel clean and you're right with the presence of the Lord. One question I get most often about the afterlife is will there be pets? Uh, I'll be honest with you, I, I, you know, the second question is will there be Starbucks, but that's different. But uh, <laughs> there's no corporate America in heaven. But anyhow, um, hallelujah, right. But will there be pets? I, I really, I don't know about your pet. But, they don't, I, I don't believe that animals have a soul like us. They're not created in the image of God. But there will be the enjoyment of animals. How do I know that? Because the Bible speaks of a new heaven and a new earth, where the lion will lay down with the lo- with the oxen, is what it actually says. You know, uh, there, so I, so I I I I don't know much about that answer, but but. Uh, one thing we are taught will not be in heaven and this is tricky and I thought I can't teach this passage without, or teach this concept without teaching this is the Bible says in the resurrection they neither marry nor are they given in marriage but they're like the angels in heaven this is cause for concern I, 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 I get this because uh, people our versions of heaven always end up with marriage mom and daddy the Christian version of marriage doesn't teach that. I believe your mom and daddy will have a special relationship. I believe I'll have a special relationship with my wife, but it won't be like it is here. Uh, I, 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 uh, scholars debate on whether there will be sexual relations in heaven. 97% of them say no. That's where I fall, in the 97%. Now, here's what, For those of y'all who are struggling right now with what I'm telling you, it doesn't sound like heaven to you I want to give you a little apologetic course for just a second. For those who think heaven is the creation of Jesus just to get people to kind of hang in there and come along, if you want to fool people with a a version of heaven, wouldn't you make up something a little different than that? Why did he teach that? He'd been there. He knew what it was like. He, he, he knew what, 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 what heaven was like. And, and, and inventing a, a fictitious fantasy of a place without sexual union, union doesn't appeal to at least 50% of the audience. But Jesus said, listen, it's so much better. It's a place where relationships are so pure and so perfect that you won't even think about the need for, for physical relationship like that because it is perfect. Jesus knew heaven was so much better than earth. He could share hard things. Of all the good we experience here, heaven is a better reality. I want to wrap up with a couple things here this morning that Jesus taught. Jesus taught that a person's eternity is determined here. This is Jesus' consistent teaching of all his parables, all of his object lessons, His teachings all reveal that this life is the basis of your eternal existence. He separates the sheep and the goats. Read the chapters because of what happened here. The rich man and Lazarus. The rich man finds himself in his his existence because of what happened here. The the rich man who, who said man, I've had a good year, I'll build more barns. And he said, you fool, your soul's going to be required of you, and your existence is going to be determined based on what you've done here. Jesus taught it clearly, and the church explained it perfectly when they said, it is appointed for man to die once, and after this, the judgment. Jesus specifically said that this life is the basis for eternity, but here's where Jesus changed the model. Up until Jesus, it had been taught that you go to heaven because you're good. You go to heaven because you try hard, because you're religious, because you show up in a a gathering at times. That's what it had been taught, but Jesus taught that it's different than that. Jesus taught that it's not behaving that gets you into heaven because none of you can behave. Jesus taught that it's believing that gains access into heaven. For so so the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not have uh, death as their future, but will have eternal life. If we trust in Christ here, we can be with Christ there. But if we don't, we will not. I assure you, anyone who believes has eternal life. But to all who did receive them, he gave them the right to be the sons of God. The only people who are children of God are the people who believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The scriptures were written not so that we could have an interesting account of Jesus' life, the scriptures were written so that you could understand that Jesus was the Messiah, and by believing in his name, you can have life. The thought of what happens after death has bothered humanity from the beginning of time. when Jesus tells of his impending death his disciples get upset and this is what happens to all of us when we think of death but listen to Jesus' words he said let not your heart be troubled if you believe in God believe in me as well in my father's house are many dwelling places, many mansions, many rooms. If it were not so, I'd have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back, I'll receive you to myself, so that where I am, you may also be. And here's what I want you to take away from what Jesus taught. He not only taught that everybody spends eternity somewhere and that heaven is better than here, and he not only taught that your heaven is fixed here, your heaven or hell is determined by what happens in this life, he taught that you can be confident about going to heaven. He taught that you could have boldness and assurance and confidence right after he tells them about this place that he's going, he says, you know where I'm going. And Thomas speaks up and says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. And how do we know the way? And connected with that wonderful hope of heaven that everybody clings to, that Granny's up fishing with Grandpa now, and I'm going to see my kid one day, and They're rooting on the wildcats because that's how it works in heaven, right? You know, everybody holds on to one of those things because Jesus said there's a place. But Jesus also said the way you know, and when people say, how do you get there? Jesus said these words, I am the way, the truth, and the life, And no one gets there without believing in me I was talking to a Catholic friend of mine several years ago and we were talking about heaven and our versions were pretty similar and I said "Just man I'm so glad that I know I'm going and he stopped me and he said how can you know here's how I know And if you're here and you don't know, please listen to me closely for the next 30 seconds. I know because I'm not trusting me to get there. I'm trusting Jesus. I'm confident because I've transferred my trust from me to him. I'm not trusting my goodness or my works. I've put my faith completely in Christ who gave himself completely for me. And I trust him. And Jesus said, if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and I'll get you. I'm not going to leave you alone. Where I am, you will be. I'm going to pray and then I'll give us our takeaways, okay? Father, I ask that you would encourage our hearts, Lord, because of what you've done for us in Jesus. God, I thank you that you have loved me in spite of my sin. Lord, I'm so thankful that it's not my righteousness that allows me to go into heaven because I know I would never make it, but I thank you. It's the righteousness that's been imparted to me through the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord God, I pray if there's anybody here today that doesn't know that they're going to go to heaven when they die, I pray, Father God, that today they would gain the confidence that comes from trusting in Jesus. Lord God, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Meeting in here, by the way. A week from Wednesday, we're going to be at the Trunk or Tree. May the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Be warm and be filled and be gone.